It is definitely a good morning because we're in the Lord's house and glad to be here. Glad to be with you this morning. Be much in prayer for those uh, unable to be with us. And much in prayer for those who choose not to be with us because they don't know who the Lord is. Um, there's a battle for the minds, but a bigger battle for the souls. And we need to be doing everything that we can to win lost souls and then everything we can to get them in church. I want to tell you something. Uh, the more you're in church fellowship, the stronger you are at other times. The more you're in fellowship with the Lord, the stronger you are. And we need those type of things in our lives to keep us on the straight and narrow and to help others get there too. And I, I promise you, you'll not be disappointed for serving God. Uh, that's, that's just a promise that I can make to you this morning. So stand with us this morning. We'll go to the Lord in prayer. Brother Phillips, if you'll close that. That one right there, yep. There's a nice shiny car out there. Somebody must have washed sun's hitting it just right. Puts a blind spot in both my eyes. I have a hard enough time seeing as it is. Brother Sue Paul, will you open us in prayer? Now, some would say, Brother Sue Paul, we never ask you to translate that. Well, the ears around you hear what you're saying, and if there's something going wrong, I know that they'd tell us. So, but, uh, you know, we do everything in what we know. And I know every so often that, that you're nice to hear prayer offered in Laos. And uh, I, I, I'll tell you what. Can I say this morning, I'm going to throw some flowers this morning. I, I'm so thankful for everything everybody does in this church. Can I tell you, we, we just don't think about it, but one time a year, a lot of times. But uh, the faithfulness that Brother Sir Supal has in teaching the Sunday school class and translating, um, just a blessing to keep us going in the way that we are. And I would that more folks would come. And if they don't understand, remember this, we've got a system that they can listen to Brother Sue Paul in. So Brother Sue Paul, thank you for doing the things that you do to help us go the way that we go in the church. Making us a church that is diverse by, uh, what we call that, race, but unified by the Spirit of God. And now I'm going to tell you, that's important. Brother Danny and Sister Kenyon uh, uh, being with us. And, and, you know, that's important. Uh, so I praise God for that and the faithfulness of those that are here uh, in that. Brother Danny and Sister Kay just pulled up. So while they're getting in here, let me give you an update on Brother Chuck. Uh, keep praying for Brother Chuck. Uh, well, I don't have to have that. Uh, he is still in the hospital. They're checking to see where his bleeding's coming from. Uh, I, they did some tests and uh, I 
think they did colon tests and different ones now. Um, still haven't figured out that. Then, of course, he's come down and sister come down with COVID. They're doing better past that. But uh, for him to be in the hospital, the days that he's been in there has uh, taken a toll. Uh, Sister Rhonda shared with us and told us that, uh, you know, his spirits is down. So anything that you do, uh, he's in room 486. Let me look at my phone and verify it to my text. Um, but uh, she said that part of the problem with trying to find out where he was was at is they've been moving him from different rooms. He started off in ICU, went to a room. Then they took him to another room, and then they put him in another room. And uh, I caught up there to try to find him one night, and I said that he's in room, and I can't remember. I think he probably started off with 498, and they, they had no record of him being in there uh, or said he wasn't in that room, I guess you could say. Uh, but anyways, just uh, remember him in your prayers and Sister Ron in your prayers as they've been going through this long haul and uh, uh, lift him up. He, he's just needs our prayers if you could send a card a flower or hello uh, if you need his number to send a, a text or whatever I, I think I asked Sister Rhonda called to my text message but anyways if room 486 is not right I'll let you know but uh, do, do remember him in your prayers any birthdays any anniversaries Anybody love Jesus? Praise All right. All right. Um, 537 in your red book this morning. 537 in your red book. These are songs we might sing before.
I sent these songs to Sister Barbara yesterday, but failed to write them down myself. Verses 1, we'll sing, I will not be denied, on this verses 2 and 3. <laughs>
I'm so glad this morning that I will not be denied because I put my faith and my trust in the Lord. And I'll tell you what, uh, Jesus can do it. You know, uh, there's a lot of people trusting in a lot of things. We kind of talked about that a little bit this morning uh, with Sister Gail. But put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and you'll be all right. Uh, he hears us when we cry. He rejoices with us when we shout. And the peace that God gives us surpasses all understanding. And I'll tell you something, church, there's sometimes people would say, well, why are you so calm? It's because I know that I'm not able, but he is. And I'll just be honest with you. There are things that we all go through in life. And we don't always know what everybody's going through. But if you'll keep your faith and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll give you peace about it. And so I'm thankful for that this morning. I do remember all those on our prayer request list this morning. Lift them up in prayer. Uh, remember to pray uh, for Brother Chuck, as we've already said, lifting him up in prayer, uh, if you would, this morning. Uh, remember Brother Danny's mom. Remember Brother Don Real has a procedure on August the 11th. Also, Brother Don Benson has August 11th procedure. So remember that in your prayers. Continue to pray for him, Sister Don Arnold. Uh, lift her up, uh, brother. Is it brother Jerry, you you got the treatment. Yes, yes. Brother Jerry's got treatment on Wednesday, so remember that uh, in your prayers as well. Any others this morning you want to call by name? You would stand this morning for us to come forth. Father in heaven, we're so thankful and grateful today, dear Lord, that you hear us. Father, that you know all about our needs, dear God, before we ever ask them. But Lord, your ears are attentive to us, dear God. Father, thanking you today for your mercy and grace that you give us, Lord, day by day and hour by hour. Lord, pray this morning that your will would be done in our lives, and our lives would be a reflection of your will. Lord, I pray for those that are lost and undone and pray, dear God, that you would help them, Lord, to accept you. Those cold and indifferent and backslidden, dear God, that they would come to know you today. Lord, I pray, Father, for those who have no concern, dear God, that they would realize their need. Lord, we pray now, bless the offering. Let it be used for thy glory. Let it be used for thine honor. And we'll praise you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' blessed, righteous, holy name, and amen.
page 622. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord.
glad this morning to know that our Lord is the fountain of living water. You know, and that makes a big difference compared to uh, the rest of what's going on in life. Uh, but uh, I'm glad today that he is the fountain of living water. Are you a catcher? You send him up here to catch me? All right. Well, just so you know, um, they changed my medication, and uh, I told them in the choir just a while ago, if I fall, don't stop singing, just keep singing, and they'll pick me up. And so, uh, yesterday was a real rough day on the change, and today I'm feeling it again, um, but uh, you just pray that... Uh, God will just have his way and the rest of it won't matter. I'll get through this with his help, I know. Got your Bibles this morning. Go with us to Jeremiah chapter 6. Jeremiah chapter 6 this morning. We will be uh, in the Old Testament for the most of the sermon. And then we'll jump into the New Testament. But if you would stand this morning, we will read our key verse, which is verse 16. And we all know this one here. We've heard it many times. But a lot of times we don't read the last part of it. Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16, our key verse, and then we will go to the Lord in prayer. So thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways, and see. And ask for the old paths, where it is the good way, and walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. Father, this morning, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy and your grace. Ask you, dear God, today, help me, Lord, with this, thy work, that I'll fulfill thy will, Lord, today, doing that which you'd have me to do, saying all that which you'd have me to say. Lord, may the hearts, minds, and ears of all of us this morning hear and understand, Lord, that which you desire. In Jesus' holy name we pray, and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Do you realize that at one time, and, and I know that I, I'm not a historian and I can't give you a great history lesson, uh, but at one time there was definitely more people in this world and in the United States for sure that had a fear of God than what they are today. There was more folks at that time who had a love for Christ than what they are today. And God has not changed. But the hearts and the minds of people have. Their hearts and their minds are set on things. Sometimes old things get in the way of a new change. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about uh, thinking about how that we are more prone to hold on to something old than we are to give in to something new. And in this aspect this morning, I'm not going to talk about a new way of salvation because there's not one. It's through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. You'll not be saved by any other way than you come through the blood of Jesus Christ that he gave us on Calvary's cross. There's no other word this morning that I'm going to give you. There's not a new word of God. The King James is it, church. I'm just, you know my stand there. I'm not going to wave. I'm not going to argue. I'm going to tell you, there's no new word of God out there. You either get it by reading the word of God, which is in the King James Version, or you're not getting the word of God. You're getting something from man. 
And although I'm man and I stand up here, I hope that I give you enough of the Word of God through the Spirit of God that you will understand that I'm not talking of myself, but I'm trying to present and protect the foundation of Jesus Christ to our hearts and our minds. Jeremiah had this, and I, I will say this, Israel has had a problem with God from the beginning. They don't like to follow God. They have their problems. And guess what? We're just like them. We have our problems, and we sometimes argue with God. And, and sometimes I believe God is telling us to do one thing while we're desiring to do something else, and we will do it. We will do what we want rather than what God wants. But here's, here's what I'm trying to get down to. We should hold to the old paths instead of to the old things. Now simply put this morning, this come to my mind when I was talking about something the other day. And my daughters, I love them dearly, and don't take me wrong, they, they love this church. But, but there has been a time in their lives when they said, you know what, we need to paint it. Paint it white, brighten it up, make it, make it brighter. You know, we, everybody talked about changing the lights and doing different things to, to get it brighter. And in the, day, in, the, in, the, in the nighttime, a lot of times these lights, when we had them, you know, they were a little bit dark still yet in here. It wasn't real light. The light from the, from the windows there, they were, uh, uh, it was dark outside. And, and back there, it was dark outside. And anything coming through those, they were dark. And, and even back on the side of the, you know, the windows there, there would have been darkness. And so it wasn't very bright. And, and their thought was this, if we paint it white, we'll make it bright. And I looked at it and I said this, that's too much work. I said this last Sunday night much work. Then I thought, you know what? I know this for a fact too. There are people walking in our church and they look at the way it is and they'll say, well, this is a beautiful building. This is a beautiful church. And, and you know what? Paneling is outdated, but, but it looks good. It's beautiful paneling. I'm not got anything about paneling, but you know, think about it. Paneling is not used today. They use sheetrock and tile and all kinds of things, but not necessarily paneling. And if they do use paneling, it's fancy paneling now. It looks like something. It's, it's not like this. But, but you know what? We talk about doing that, or we talk about replacing the stained glass windows, and, and people, oh, no, we can't do that. And, and all of a sudden, I mean, in their hearts and their, their bodies and their minds, just, holy cow, what are you trying to do, and so forth and so on, you know. How in the world can you think about doing that? Get rid of the pews and, and get chairs. Oh, no, what are you doing there? Hey, change out the carpet. I mean, it's got stains. And, oh, what are you doing? Hey, listen, we get all caught up in that, but they change Jesus and nobody says nothing. They change the Word of God and nobody says nothing. But you start changing the paneling. You start changing the pews, you start changing the carpet, and all of a sudden, the whole church is in a ruckus because people cannot believe you're going to change that. Get rid of, not, not necessarily get rid of the stained glass windows, but, but put something more efficient on one side of them so that the heat stays in and the cold stays in. And when you're outside, it's cold or hot, it stays out there. We got it. And people get in an uproar. It's all of a sudden, the eyes wide open and the mind starts thinking, but they don't care when you change Jesus doesn't make any sense we hold on to old things 
but not the old path. And God was telling Jeremiah to tell the people, here's what you need to do. Thus saith the Lord. Wasn't Jeremiah talking? It's not me talking. It's not one of the other prophets talking or the disciples talking. It's the word of God that is talking. And the word of God is saying to the children of Israel and is saying to you and I today to do these things. Stand ye in the ways. The way of God. The word of God. Some would say, well, Brother Ernie, he said ways. Listen to me very carefully. God knows what he's doing. You know why? He has the Old Testament and he has the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there was a way. You had to make the sacrifices. You had to follow it, to do, do the tea there. You had to go to the priest and let the priest do what the priest had to do. And they made their sacrifices there. And then in the New Testament, we have Jesus. And so we've got a new way, not a, not a new God, not a new word, but we have a new way. The old way was rolling hands of sin from, from this time rolling the hand of Jesus. But the new way is Jesus Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. You and I put our faith and trust in him, and that's our salvation. But it comes through the old word of God, the old way that God wanted. He said, seek out the old past, friend, not seek out the old things. You ever been a treasure hunter? I, I like, I mean, I'll be honest with you. If somebody gave me a map and I believed them, all right? Not, 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 no, not no far-fetched deal, but somebody gave me a map who I believed and trusted. And they said to me, Brother Ernie, we, we've got a treasure and it's over at X. By the way, they didn't give me an address. They didn't give me a place or nothing like that. They said, it's over at X. And then they hand me a piece of paper, and they said, X marks the spot. And you can have the treasure if you'll go to X. If I believed them, trusted them, and believed they really had something for me that they wanted to give me, but they liked the idea of putting it on a map so I'd have to find it, I'd go looking for the treasure. I mean, that's, that's not hard to do. When you got faith and trust in them, you, you'll look for the treasure. They, they put it out there for you. Well, God said, I've got a treasure for you. And here's the map. Seek you out the old paths and the old way and walk therein. I had to look up some verses this morning, so... If you don't have a piece of paper that has the verses on them, there's one in the back. And if you want them, I'll print more and you can get them, all right? I keep telling you this. If you want to know where I'm coming from and can't follow me along, I will print them off and give them to you if I've got them. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, it says this. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Now, now understand this. Israel has problems. But God likes to solve problems. God likes to prove himself. Remember in Psalms chapter 95, he said, When they saw me and proved me, 40 years long was I grieved with this generation. 
When, when you go through and read there, you'll find that God oftentimes reminds them that he done great and wonderful things. He was in the beginning of creation because he created it all. And he was before time was. And God was there. And he reminds them of everything that he has done for them along the way. And they still come to a place of unbelief. And sometimes they're there. Uh, sometimes they're believing. Sometimes they're wondering. Sometimes they're praying. And this is one of those things there where God says, hey, let me show you something this morning. I've not left you. I've not forsaken you. I'm still here with you. So here's what I'm going to do. You're not going to fight this battle. I'm going to fight it. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you want God to fight for you? Because I sure don't want God fighting against me. You know what I'm saying? I want to fight for God, not fight against God. But here's, here's, here's the deal. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. See yourselves. There's a thought. Stand ye still. Now, now, verse 16 in Jeremiah, the Lord said, stand ye. I, I looked at that up. It's found more times than what I've got here, but, but let me just say it this way. This was the verse that when I read it, it really popped in me. He said, stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Seek ye out the old paths. Think about this. Stand ye in the ways and see. He said, stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Now, I'm going to tell you something this morning, church. If I'm on the side of God, and I know that God's on my side because I'm on the side of God, the enemy has no chance. But if you get outside the will of God and you start holding on to things instead of holding on to him, friend, it's going to fall apart. Can I tell you something this morning? If we was to sell this building to another church or to another group, I guarantee you they would come in and they would paint these walls and they would put in better windows and they would and, and they may even just demolish those stained glass windows and remove them and put in other windows or they might not put in a window at all and they might take these windows stained glass out and take it but they might paint this church black from top to bottom and put in some better spotlights than what's up here and put in some stained glass what's down there and then they would start to entertain the people instead of preaching the gospel to them possibly. You say, Brother Ernie, would you sell it to a church like that? Hey, if it's up for sale, we're selling it. I mean, after all, if we don't want it and somebody else does, is that the will to get rid of it, to let it go, be done with? And you say, well, I want it to be like it is. Listen to me, church. I want it to be what God wants it to be. And I don't care what color the wall is. I don't care what color the pew is. I don't care what color the floor is. But I do care what's going on. Inside the building, that's supposed to be God. And listen to me, sometimes you need to improve things to save money on energy and other things like that. But you can never improve the word of God 
and we get upset with windows instead of the Word of God. And yet the Word of God told the Israelites and the Israel and Judah, stand still and see. Can I tell you this morning, if you will stand still and let God do the work and let God do His way, church, it will be different. So much different. And I'll tell you something else, church, if you quit holding on to old things and start holding on to Him, your life will be different. I got some old things in my garage that's cluttering up my garage and they're absolutely good to nobody because they're cutting up the garage. But if I was willing to give them up, somebody else might have great use for them. Think about that. Holding on to old things. First Kings chapter 8. I need to get through these to get down to where I'm going to be in just a minute. I want you to think about this. Stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths. Think about this. Where is the good way? You ever heard preachers say, get back to Bible basics. Get back to the Word of God. Get back to Jesus. Get back to serving God. Get back to loving God. Can I, can I tell you something, church? If, if entertainment is what we have to do to get folk in the house of God, it's not going to save them. It's not going to change them. It's just going to make them comfortable and they will be entertained. But when the hard times come and when the rain starts to fall, so to say, because you've been building on uh, the sandy ground instead of the solid rock, it's going to wash away. Can I tell you, church, if I can remind you about something when I got here uh, 15 years ago, I told you that for a little while uh, we will have a honeymoon. And the honeymoon is this. Those that were here excited about having a new pastor, uh, having his family here, and telling people about what's going on at church, how they got a new pastor, and things. You would spread the rumors, and you would talk about it, and, and the church would begin to fill up with people, and people would start to come. I knew it would happen. I said this, though. I said, but after a while, the honeymoon will be over, and the honeymoon, when it ends, people will start leaving because they don't want to hear the word of God. They don't want to know the truth. They don't want to be sold out to Jesus. Uh, they'll get tied up in themselves. A saint will start pulling them away. I told you that would happen, and it happened, church, not because I'm a, some type of prophet or I can see the future. I'm just telling you what the word of God says. There are some people who will not stand in the old ways, and they will not seek out the old paths. Uh, they want something new. They want something different. They want entertainment. They want their children to be occupied uh, so that they can be alone by themselves and have communion time. Hey, church is not about babysitting. Church is not about dating. Church is about serving God. That's what we should be doing here. 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 36. Then hear thou in heaven and forgive thy sins of thy servants. I'm going to tell you something. We need intercessory. And thy people Israel, that they teach them the good way therein, wherein they should walk. Think about this, church. It's not a mystery to you and I. And give rain upon thy land, which thou hast given thy people for an inheritance. In 2 Chronicles chapter 6, verse 27, Then hear thou from heaven, forgive the sins of thy servants, 
and thy people Israel when thou taught them the good way. Now think about it. Then verse 13, that thou teach them the good way. In Chronicles, when thou hast taught them the good way, wherein they should walk. Think about it, church. Double witness. It's a repeat. But God is trying to tell you and I that there is a good way to walk in. And he told Israel that they had a good way to walk in. And the good way was the will of God, the word of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God. Can I tell you the reason why you got Hebrews chapter 11, what we call the faith chapter. And we talk about those in the faith chapter, how that they were faithful and they did these things. Why? Because they were willing to stand still and see the salvation of God and at the same time uh, they were willing to walk in the good way and they were willing to trust God and follow God and lean upon God and when the end of time came they were mentioned in the word of God uh, because of their faithfulness unto God. Hey church I'm going to tell you something this morning. If there was ever a book of remembrance written it's written down in heaven and the remembrance I want God to remember me by is that I was a faithful servant uh, because the blood of Jesus Christ uh, wasn't something to trample on it wasn't something to gawk at uh, but rather it was something to rejoice in uh, the salvation of my soul uh, come through Jesus Christ and I need to stand in it and I need to walk in it and I need to hold it and when the end of time comes church I'm going to be faithful unto the word of God Send the rain upon the land which thou givest them unto thy people for an inheritance. I'm going to tell you something, church. We need rain. Bad. We need rain from the Father, the Spirit. We are dry and thirsty land. But you know what? We think about the rain we need outside. Can I tell you something, church? When it begins to rain the Spirit of God in our lives and we begin to serve God and be faithful unto God, God will send the rain outside. You know what He does? He sends the former and the latter rain. God, God takes care of us, but I, I think something's going on that people are missing. And, and they're still blaming climate change. Can you tell you, church, the climate is changing. The attitude towards God is different. And they no longer pray to God. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say this. You say what you want to. But it wasn't very many presidents ago when we had presidents who'd stand up there in a fire-driven season there, a drought time. And, and I, heard the, I heard the guys the other day, well, it hadn't been this hot in a decade. Oh, so 10 years ago it was hot like this. Hey, I can remember when it was so hot down here in Fort Smith, we didn't have services on a Wednesday night and maybe not even on Sunday. I can't remember there because it was so hot our air conditioners burn up. And Brother Ralph had to come up here and put sprinklers on the air conditioners after they were fixed to make sure they didn't burn up again and go out so we could have air conditioning when we come into the house of God. Hey, I can remember that. And it wasn't very long ago, but they were saying, uh, you know, a decade ago, making it sound like it's sometime uh, so far back there that nobody would ever remember when it was. Uh, Ten years ago, it was hotter than what it was uh, any time this year, 114, 117 degrees. Uh, that was actual temperatures here in Fort Smith. I remember that going on there. Hey, can I tell you, though, it's not as hot here as it will be in hell. 
the climate's changing. They're trying to figure out how to get people into the house of God instead of trying to figure out how to get people into the kingdom of God. And they think if they get them in the house of God, they're good, wonderful, glorious, everything's peachy cream. I'm telling you something. The preachers are lying to their people, telling them they're all right when they're not all right. If you come here, you don't want to hear me be a liar, do you? Everything's good. You're all beautiful. Go home. Our attitude towards God's got to change, church. God's vital in our life. Matter of fact, without God, we have no life. I don't care if you are alive or you're not. You have no life. You're dead and your trespasses and sin. You are on your way to hell. Hey, church, I don't care what you've done today. I don't care what you've done yesterday. But I do care this, that if you don't get right with God, you ain't making it. I can't get through life without him. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. He was there from the start. And yet we get more upset about old things than we do the old past. So, some would argue to say that the Bible's not the same today as it was then. Yes, it is. I dare you to take this 1611 and compare it to your one you got today if you got a King James. Uh, word for word, church. They just spelt them a little differently back in the 1611 times. I've, I've looked at it, I've read it, I, I mean, I've compared it. That's the whole reason this, this one is here, so somebody could come up here and look at it and say, you know what, it's right. 400 years later, it's still right. It's still the Word of God. Leviticus, you shall do my judgments and keep my ordinances to walk therein. God didn't change, church. I am the Lord your God. Judges 2 and 22, though they, though, through, excuse me, that through them I may prove Israel whether they will be the way of the Lord to walk therein. God, God's word is proving us. You know, it's an amazing thing. We prove God, but we don't like it when God proves us. Romans tells us patience is, is, is working in us. Isaiah 42 and 5, Thus saith God the Lord that created the heavens and stretched them out. He that spread forth the earth, that which cometh out of it, that he, excuse me, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it. You're not breathing today because you're good. You're breathing today because God let you. God gives you an eye the breath that we take. Do you, do you realize this morning that one, one breath, I can't remember the name of the gas. We get trained on it all the time at work, and it just went out of my mind. But there's a gas that we store. We have it, we have it in storage tanks, not, not us, but other folks. Uh, but but there's one, one breath of that will put you to sleep. And you'll die before you can get the second breath. You think about that this morning. And God has the ability to stop you from breathing like that. You don't breathe on your own. 
You breathe because God lets you. Every breath I take is a breath of God. I'm not my own. Realize that what he says in Corinthians, no, you're not. You're bought with a price. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God allows you and I to breathe today. And if we live tomorrow, it's by the grace of God. I woke up this morning thinking about this, that I woke up today in the grace of God, by the mercy of God, because God loves me. We would go over to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I'll be closing. I've got two more places to go and I'm done. But if you would hang on with me for just a moment. We'll start back. In verse 9, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, it's right before Isaiah. I'll just give you an idea of find it. It's not very big. Chapter 5, verse 9. Moreover, the prophet of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver nor he that loveth abundance with increase, this also is vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there in or to the owner thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of the laboring man is sweet, whether he eat a little or much, but abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. You know why? He's consumed with what things are. There is a sore evil. Now look at this. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. Remember the Bible says, men shall become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. God said, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupt, but in thieves break through and steal, but in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt and where thieves cannot break through and steal. So there is a sore evil which is seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil trivial, and he begotteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. He came forth of his mother's womb. Naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labors which he may carry away in his hands. Old things are passed away. This church one day will burn up and be dissolved, including all the brick and all the rock that's therein. It's not going to be what it is when the Lord comes and everything's finalized. I will just say to you this morning, church, don't hold on to old things, but hold on to the old path and the old way and walk therein and seek out, the Bible says, he said there, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old path where it is the good way and walk therein. 
and you shall find rest for your souls. And this also in verse 16. And this also, excuse me. He came forth of his mother's room naked, shall he return and go as he came, and shall not take nothing of his labors which he may carry away in his hand. When you and I are dead, we're dead. We're not carrying anything, taking anything. And may I say this? I've seen this, and, 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 and I know that Brother uh, Sue Paul and, and others who know anything about the uh, religion of uh, Buddhism and so forth, I've seen people burn hundreds of dollars thinking that they would get that to spend in the next life. I've seen them lay money in caskets, and I've seen them put Bibles in caskets, and, and I'm not taking anything away from it, but can I tell you, some people put a Bible in the casket hoping that in the next life it would do them some good. When you're dead, you're dead. You ain't spending no more money. And I don't care if they lay a hundred Bibles in your casket. They ain't going to get you to heaven if you didn't believe what they said inside of them. And by the way, in the King James. Why, Brother Ernie, you so hard? Because my King James says, Thy will be done in earth. The new King James says, On earth. God is going to have his way on earth. But I want God to have his way in her too because that means he's working in my life. Words mean something, church. We get upset again. Brother Ernie, I, I've thought about this, taking this old pulpit out of here and getting me something different. But I thought, for land's sake, somebody would have a fit. Can I tell you, it's full of junk. really needs to be cleaned out and thrown away. Not the pulpit, the junk inside of it. But we get so scared of what somebody's going to think when you remove something old. But nobody gets scared of what happens when you remove something old. Jesus was our salvation from the beginning. He'll be our salvation in the end. And if you don't get him before you stand before God, it'd be too late. Old things, church, you're not taking with you. I don't care what you think about me. And this also is the sore evil that in all points he came, so he go. And the prophet he hath and the labor for the wind. Blown away. Done. Church, I'm going to tell you. You better get it right with God. We better be right with God. Because if not, in the end, we're in trouble. And I'll close in this in chapter 5 of 2 Corinthians. If you'll go there, read just a few verses. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we all know this. I, I started in verse 17, but I'll back up to verse 11. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Think about it, church. I want you to understand this morning, hell's hot, and I don't care who you are. If you get there, you ain't getting out of there. Can I just, just be plain about it? And I see people all the time talk about God will overlook certain things. God's not overlooking your sin. God's not overlooking my sin. If we get into heaven because we know no sin, it'd be because mentally we know no sin. Because physically... In the heart, 
We, we did not have the understanding that it takes to understand sin. And therefore, God has a way of letting those folks in. I'm going to tell you something. I believe there are three people who are handicapped, so to say, and they have a great spiritual life as I was preaching last week. They'll go straight on into glory when they leave this walk of life. But you and I don't need to count on ignorance. And we sure shouldn't count on stubbornness. And we ought not think that we could bargain with God. Knowing the terror of the Lord, the Bible says, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your conscience. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that we may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in the heart. Hey, raising your hand ain't getting you into heaven. Giving your heart to God will. But when you give your heart to God, raise your hand. Because Paul said, I would that holy men, men all would raise up holy hands. For whether we beside ourselves, it is unto God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because, thus, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then all were dead. And that he died for all, that they which which live uh, should be should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again we're to live for the lord church wherefore henceforth we know we know man after the flesh yea though we have known christ after the flesh yet now henceforth know we him no more and they're talking about this they know that christ not only was here in the flesh uh, but he died and he rose again he's at the right hand of the father and now they know him through the anointing of the holy ghost and you and I know him this morning, not because of the flesh, but because of the Holy Ghost in our lives. God sent forth the Holy Ghost not to make us something special and everybody look at, but to make us precious in the sight of God. The Holy Ghost in my life is so that I can tell you the love of God and live for him. Wherefore, henceforth know we no more, no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now, henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given up to us the ministry of reconciliation. Church, I'm telling you something this morning. Don't get caught up in the old things. Don't get caught up in the old things of the flesh. Uh, but rather this, make sure that the old things is gone and that the new things has been put in place. In other words, the love for God, the desire for God, uh, the joy to serve God. I I'm telling you something this morning, church. It, Paul said he was a prisoner of Jesus Christ, uh, not because Jesus had bound him up and locked him up, uh, but because he was constrained in the love of Jesus. And you and I this morning are constrained, I pray, in the love of Jesus, prisoners of God, uh, prisoners of the Lord Jesus Christ servants of the Most High. And let me just tell you this this morning, church. If you don't let go of the old things, they'll haunt you and tear you down. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Can I say when you get rid of the old things, you'll serve God better.
to wit God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. He hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors uh, for Christ as the God, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he that hath made us, look at this, for he hath made us, uh, made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God uh, in him. And I'm telling you something, church, this morning, if you think about what he said there, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things are become new. And the only way you and I will get that right is if we go out there and we stand in the ways of the Lord and we see the ways of the Lord and we ask for the old paths of the Lord and we walk in the good way of the Lord. And friend, let me tell you, you something this morning. If you'll do that, you'll find rest for your soul. You'll find peace in your heart. And I'm going to tell you something else. The world may not like you, but God loves you. And I'd rather be loved of God one day than to be loved of the world all my life. I'm so thankful for the love of God in my life. Would you stand this morning? Father, today we praise you and we thank you, Lord, for who you are. God, I would this morning that we would understand.